Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, Wassalatu Wassalamu Ala Ashrafil Anbiya'i Wal Mursaleen Wa Ala Alihi Wa Ashabihi Ajma'in Amma Ba'ad Fa'a'udhu Billahi Min Ash-Shaytani Rajeem Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim Illa Tansuruhu Faqad Nasarahu Allahu Ith Akhrajahu Alladheena Kafaru Thaniya Thnayni Ith Huma Fil Ghari Ith Yakulu Lisahibihi La Tahzan Inna Allaha Ma'ana فأنزل الله فأنزل الله سكينته عليه وأيده بجنود لم تروها وجعل كلمة الذين كفر السفلى وكلمة الله هي الأليا والله عزيز حكيم صدق الله العلي العظيم. مدير رسبتيد والمس أنبل ألدرز بلافيد برادرز وسستز الإسلام السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته. First of all we begin by praising and glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, for enabling us with this unique opportunity to congregate in his house, to worship him, to glorify him, to send salutations upon his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallama. We pray that Allah azza wa jal will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future. The last week pass, uh, marked the passing or the anniversary of the passing of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and it, the last week I saw in my feed on social media a lot being said about Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq how we can be inspired by this noble companion of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallama and it got me thinking about how heroes are responsible for so much inspiration within our lives I mean, even over the smallest things, when I was a kid, when you were children. When you were younger, you would look at people who, who, who inspired you. You would look at those who, there was something about them. You know, they, they were sort of superhuman type characters. You know, we loved the Supermans uh, when we were younger. And we wanted to be Superman who could fly uh, the friendly skies. You know, we, we loved... Spider-Man and Batman, these were our heroes as young kids growing up or when we looked to, uh, for sport, at sports stars and we wanted to play football and we wanted to play cricket. You know, we look at, looked at those individuals who were the best in their fields and we were inspired by them and they became sort of super, superhuman characters for us. This is how I feel that the companions of the Prophet saw the Prophet and some of his noble companions. Uh, when the people, when the companions of the Prophet wanted to love him and they wanted to be more closer to him, they would look at those companions who were already closer to him and they would seek to emulate them. And there was nobody who was more closer to the Prophet than Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq And the amazing thing about Sayyidina Abu Bakr is, when you look at the four rightly guided caliphs and you look at the likes of Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar, Sayyidina Uthman, Sayyidina Ali and you see that Sayyidina Abu Bakr had a short reign as Khalifa. Sayyidina Abu Bakr was the most mild-mannered. Sayyidina Abu Bakr was perhaps the companions even felt in the lifetime, during the lifetime of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that Sayyidina Abu Bakr wasn't didn't have those leadership capabilities that someone, say, the, like of, the likes of Sayyidina Umar might already possess. 
He was mild-mannered. He was soft. And that's why when towards the end of the Prophet Sallallahu life, the Prophet والسلام, he, when he was unable to lead the prayer, he instructed Abu Bakr to lead. And when Abu Bakr would lead, the companions of the Prophet came and complained to the Prophet and said, Ya Rasulullah, we love Abu Bakr. We love him. But Abu Bakr, when he leads the prayer, because he's so soft-hearted, that he leads the prayer and he reads the verses of the Quran and he begins to cry, his voice isn't loud enough, we're unable to hear him. So instead, why not allow Umar to lead the prayer? Because Umar is louder, Umar is not going to cry. And Umar's voice booms out to us and we'll easily be able to hear him. And the Prophet wasallam said, no, Abu Bakr would lead the prayer. And there was uh, a prof- the prophetic wisdom emanated in that particular order of the Prophet There was prophetic wisdom there. Because when the Prophet passed away and you looked at those companions who were regarded as, as, as strong uh, fearless companions of the Prophet ﷺ at that moment through no fault of their own because of their love for the Prophet ﷺ, they were unable to comprehend what has just happened they were unable to bear, bear the fact that the Prophet ﷺ is going to leave them and that's why you saw and you read about the stories of Sayyidina Umar who said if anybody said the Prophet ﷺ has passed away I'm going to take off his neck. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ has merely gone to visit his Lord. He's going to be back soon. He was unable to comprehend that. He, he didn't want to believe that. And it was because of his sheer love and attachment to the Prophet ﷺ. And he looked at Sayyidina Uthman, Sayyidina Ali, who became almost frozen, shell, a shell of themselves. They were unable to bear it. But at that moment, that's when true leadership is needed, when things are in disarray. And one person stands up. And that person who stood up was Sayyidina Abu Bakr. He went to the house, the hujra of the Prophet wasallam, And he kissed the Prophet wasallam's forehead. He said, you are beautiful in life and you are beautiful in passing. And the Prophet, he came out. He, you could almost feel uh, the, the, the rest of the companions who were there anticipating the words of, of Sayyidina Abu Bakr and, and he quoted the verse of the Quran to them uh, regarding the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is a prophet and uh, if, if he dies or, or is killed then are you going to turn back upon your heels and that, that verse was enough for them to know that the Prophet ﷺ had passed away. That verse was enough for them to understand what Abu Bakr is trying to, to say. And at that moment, it showed why the Prophet ﷺ, or what was the Prophet ﷺ's wisdom when he appointed Sayyidina Abu Bakr to be the Khalifa. Because he knew that Sayyidina Abu Bakr could handle it at that moment. When all else, when everybody else would be in a state of of disarray, Abu Bakr would remain composed. And and that's something special about him. Um, Among the many great qualities that we have of Sayyidina Abu Bakr. But you need not look further than the fact that, you know, nowadays when when we seek to be inspired or when we seek to inspire others, we inspire them to 
the Quran and the noble sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu and often often we hear people saying oh well we've got the Quran we've got the compa- uh, the, the the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu that's all we need and and that's true but incumbent upon us is following the sunnah of the rightly guided khalifas because that is a part of the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu the practice of the rightly guided uh, caliphs who came after the Prophet and Abu Bakr being the first. So following Abu Bakr and following the way of Abu Bakr and being inspired by Abu Bakr is being inspired by the Prophet is being inspired by the sunnah of the Prophet So when we seek to follow those who follow the Quran and the sunnah of the Prophet we need not look further than, than, than his noble companions and it's important that we understand that. From among the virtues of Abu Bakr, and this is amazing, that every companion has virtues. And when you look at the, when when you look at the the books of Hadith, <coughs> when you when you look at the books of Hadith, you see listed in them are the 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 uh, fadail of the Sahaba, the the virtues of the companions. You have Sahih Bukhari, you open up Sahih Muslim, you open up various of the books of Hadith. You have the com- the virtues of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The first one who's always mentioned is Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq. His virtues are always mentioned first. And he has many of them. But among his greatest virtues that goes unmentioned is the fact, or is implicit in that anyway, is the fact that he was beloved to the Prophet He was loved by the Prophet. Now imagine that as a virtue. That it's his virtue, his station is increased because of the mere fact that the Prophet ﷺ had great, a great love and attachment for him. And this is, again, we look at the, the, uh, that particular hadith of Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As, when Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As was, uh, who, who, who stated that among the companions, there were those who, who would say that we love the Prophet ﷺ and everybody loved the Prophet ﷺ. And one companion said, the Prophet loves me more than he loves anybody else. And another companion said, no, no, the Prophet he loves me more than he loves anybody else. And again, the companions began, all of them began to say, no, 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 surely he loves me more than he loves anybody else. <coughs> and the reason for that was that they all had a personal attachment, a connection with the Prophet that they felt that the way he treated them, the way he behaved with them, surely he was unable to give that time to everybody else. Um, and that's due to the personal connection of the Prophet And the companions, they followed the Qur'an. The Qur'an says, That if you're in any doubt with, with regards to something, then take it back to Allah and His Messenger They said, we've got the Messenger here, let's ask the Messenger. Let's ask the Prophet, who do you love the most? So they went to the Prophet and said, Ya Rasulullah, we know that we all unanimously, everybody states the same, we love you. But who is that fortunate individual whom you love the most? And the Prophet said, and the answer is one that I've mentioned before, it kind of took them back, took them back a bit. The Prophet said, Aisha, his wife, radiallahu ta'ala anha. And they said, of course, O Messenger of Allah, she's your wife, but what about the men? From among the men, O Messenger of Allah, and the Prophet said, Abuha, her father, Abu Bakr as Siddiq. So it's from his virtues that uh, he was beloved to the Prophet. 
And this hadith is reported uh, by various books of, of, uh, of, uh, of various books of, of, of authentic narrations. Now, again, among the, the virtues of an individual are not only, he, are not only ones that he, he inspires others towards. His virtues are also extended to his family and his children. And the reason for that is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in the Quran, that man only gets that which, which he struggles for, which he strives for. So if you work towards something, you're, that's what you're going to be rewarded for. You have to struggle and you have to strive for it. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa concerning this ayah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, Innal, innal that Indeed, the, the, the child is from the effort, from the struggles of the father. And hence, the virtues of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq are, are then extended to the virtues of his children. And among his children, who are his children? You have Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, the most beloved to the Prophet والسلام, and she's his wife. And you also have Sayyidina Asma binti Abi Bakr. And Sayyidina Asma played a, a massive role in during the migration of the Prophet وسلم, and Abu Bakr to, to Medina du, during the Hijrah. She played an, a pivotal role. And she was married to a companion who was from the Ashara Mubashara. She was married to a companion who was from the heavenly ten. One companion whom the Prophet about whom the Prophet وسلم, said while he was walking upon this earth, Az Zubair fil Jannah. Az Zubair ibn Awam, who was the, the husband of Sid Asma binti Abi Bakr. So you have two great, prestigious companions there. And even when you look at the grandchildren of Abu Bakr and the children of Sayyidina Asma and Az-Zubair ibn Awam, when the companions and the Muhajirun, they migrated to Medina and they were accepted by the Ansar, the very first thing that the Prophet ﷺ did in terms of building relations was to take the hand of, of one of the, the Muhajirun and place it in, in the hand of one of the uh, residents of Medina who were then known as the, who were then called the Ansar, the helpers, and said, now you're brothers. And they helped one another and they, build, they built their relationships through that. <coughs> Sayyidina Abu Bakr, uh, when the Muhajirun migrated, for a period of time, the books of Tariq mention that no male children were born to the Muhajirun. There were no, no male children were born among them. And the Quraysh in Mecca, the, the, the Mushrikeen in Mecca, they began to make a joke and a laugh about that. They said, look, Allah wal Uzza wal Manat have cursed them. They're gods. And they were the names of their gods that they've cursed them, that they've left us, and no male children are going to be born from them. What they didn't understand is that among those people of Medina, there was a man who who would only need to raise his hands and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would accept his prayers and that was the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This naturally affected some of the companions and among the Muhajirun uh, at the time Sayyidah Asma binti Abi Bakr was pregnant and the first male child born to the Muhajirun was a, was a child of Az-Zubair al Awam and uh, Asma binti Abi Bakr and that child was who? Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Zubair radiallahu ta'ala an. And Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Zubair himself had a magnificent status. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Zubair was beloved to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Zubair was 
loved by the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. He went on to play an amazing role and again he was martyred later on. And so his, the, the virtues of these kind of individuals, these grandchildren and these children are extended to the virtues of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq. Among his qualities and some of his qualities that we can learn from, and I'm going to go through these very quickly because he has so many qualities that we can be inspired by. One of the main qualities that we can be inspired by today is his sensitivity, his understanding, his wisdom. How sensitive Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq was, sensitive to other people's suffering, sensitive to the torture of others, sensitive to the feelings of others. This is why nobody freed more slaves among the companions of the Prophet than Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq. Because whenever he would find someone being tortured, whenever he would find someone being ill-treated, he was always there to purchase their freedom. He spent his wealth for the sake of Islam, for the sake of the message of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And no story is greater than the story of Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu ta'ala an. Sayyidina Bilal who was being tortured by his master. And Sayyidina Bilal, you know, he kept stating that he is, uh, he is not going to leave the religion that he is now on. And he kept repeating those famous words of Ahad, Ahad, the one, the one. And when Sayyidina... Bilal heard about this and he saw this suffering, he was unable to bear it and he went to Umayyah, uh, the master of uh, Abu Bakr and he said to him that, you know, let me buy, let me purchase Abu Bakr from you and it's reported that Umayyah quoted an extortionate fee, an extortionate price because he thought, well, you know, it's my, my, I own him, I can quote whatever I want, you know, if I quote something extortionate, he's going to either say, if he pays it, that's amazing, which he probably wouldn't, but he's going, to, he's going to walk away, he's going to say, surely he's not worth that much, you can buy hundreds of slaves for the amount that you're paying for this one who is, you know, now not worth anything. So Sayyidina Abu Bakr, without question, paid the amount that Umayyah was asking for, gave him the asking amount. And Umayyah said, man, are you crazy? What's wrong with you? Why would you pay such an extortionate fee for one slave who now is useless to you? You could buy so many stronger slaves for the same amount that you paid for one. And Sayyidina Abu Bakr stated that if, I was to, if Abu Bakr had to sell himself to buy the freedom of Bilal, then he would have done so. If I had to sell myself to purchase his freedom, then I would have done so. And Sayyidina Abu Bakr then freed Sayyidina, Sayyidina Bilal. And Sayyidina Bilal went on to become the, the great inspirational companion of the Prophet والسلام, that we know and love today. Sayyidina Bilal himself states, he says, Ana hasanatun min hasanati Abi Bakr, that I am just one good deed from among the many good deeds of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala His sensitivity is extremely important, it's something that we have to learn from. His care for the suffering of others. And it doesn't, you know, nowadays we're not going to find people who are being tortured in the street and then have an opportunity there to help them. Some people are going through other types of torture, mental torture, physical, uh, emotional torture. Some people are, are going through so many, a variety of different emotions. They need help. They need your help. They need our help. 
And if we want to follow the companions of the Prophet and be more like the companions of the Prophet then we have to help them. We have to assist them at you know, even the smallest of things. The smallest of things that we can do. Just know that when someone is suffering, someone's ill, just visiting them in their homes, saying, how are you? Give them a call, drop them a text, say, I'm thinking about you. You know, that might uplift their spirits. This is what, in, this is what the first thing the Prophet ﷺ tried to do when he went to Medina. Right? Build community relations. And this is something that I feel we lack today. Now, it was prevalent. You ask some of our elders who are here, and they will tell you, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, when they came into this country from abroad, no matter what area, what, what, uh, what corner of the world they came from, they will, say, they will state this to you unequivoc unequivocally, that there was so much love among, among us all. We had so much care for one another that over time, uh, that has become almost non-existent. You know, people would be concerned about one another. It wasn't, they weren't just concerned about their families and their children and their parents and their brothers and sisters. They were com concerned about their wider communities. They were concerned about their neighbors. They were concerned about their colleagues, their friends, everybody. And now that's something that's become non-existent. And we need to bring that back. We need to bring that back. And this is, again, one of the qualities of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala and Another quality of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq that we can do with, with applying in our own lives is the fact that Sayyidina Abu Bakr's faith was unwavering. It was unbreakable, his faith in the Messenger of Allah His faith in the Prophet was unwavering, it was unbreakable. He had such a strong sense of Iman. You know, on the night of Mi'raj when uh, the Prophet travelled to Masjid al-Aqsa, led all the Prophets in prayer, the Isra and the Mi'raj, the, the holy spiritual ascension, the, the, the uh, physical ascension of the Prophet to the seven heavens, and then coming back all in one night. And this, uh, when he returned, and the mushrikeen, the ones who would seek to always trouble the Prophet and his companions, they thought, you know, we've got an opportunity here. We can't let this slip, right? We've got an opportunity to mock the Prophet. We've got an opportunity to mock him and his companions. How, can, how, how is it possible? How can anyone fathom that an individual could travel from Mecca to Jerusalem, from Jerusalem to the seven heavens, and return all in the space of one night? It's impossible. Therefore, we're going to mock him. And they decided that if we were to change Abu Bakr, the likes of Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab and others, he said, if we were to change Abu Bakr, that all of the others would follow suit. If we were to bring Abu Bakr back, that others would leave him also. So let's, let's target Abu Bakr. And they went to Abu Bakr, and Abu Bakr hadn't heard that the Prophet ﷺ had gone on this journey. And they said to Abu Bakr, what do you think of a man who states that he's traveled from Mecca to Jerusalem, which is a journey of many months at that time. And then from Jerusalem to the seven heavens, and he came back all in the space of one night. What would you say about that man? What are your thoughts and feelings about him? And Abu Bakr, he said, look, it depends on the man. It depends on the individual. Because Abu Bakr knew that there's an individual who, who had that sort of a power. 
And he said, no, tell me who it was. And they reluctantly told him that it's your friend Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he said, if the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said this, then, then there is no doubt in it. Then I believe it completely and wholeheartedly without question. So his iman in the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his iman in, in the religion that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the message that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa bought was unwavering. It was unfaltering. It was, it was unshakable, his iman. And this is again something that we can learn from because as time goes by, our faith begins to decrease. Our iman begins to lessen, right? Those things that we were concerned about before when our iman was strong, we're, we're completely unconcerned about now. We're completely neglectful of now. You know, the small things that we were so careful when our iman was strong, now we just don't give a damn. Ah, okay, that's fine, that's not a problem. Our iman's becoming weaker. And the way we strengthen our iman, and we make our iman uh, more uh, stronger, uh, more robust, is to attach ourselves to the Prophet وسلم, his noble companions, and learn from the likes of the companions of uh, from the likes of these companions like Abu Bakr as-Siddiq be more like them start being more sensitive start doing the smaller things you know we always put too much pressure on ourselves and we get worried because our iman we feel and it's a sign of our faith it, it really is when you feel that your iman is becoming weaker at least you're, you're feeling that. That's, that, that, that that's that's good and the way you can reconnect yourself with the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet wasallam, it's quite simple is to start reading the Quran and learning more about the Prophet because the more you learn about him, the more you're going to be inspired by him. You know? The more you're going to understand who the Prophet was and what he meant to us, what he continues to mean to us. Now, now just last, uh, a few days ago, Stephen Hawking, the great scientist, passed away. And the, when he passed away, immediately there were tributes from people from all over the world because once they lost Stephen Hawking, they began to realize his genius in the scientific field. Said, oh, what a great man he was, right? What a, what a magnificent contribution he made to society, to, to the world that we live in. And then they, because more and more people then wanted to learn about him because before, while he was alive, they didn't, they didn't know anything about him. Now they're like, oh, well, wow, he done this. Wow, he overcame this. That's amazing. You see? So they found themselves growing in, in, uh, in honor of him and in praise of him in exactly the same way but to a far greater level if we find, our, if, if we find ourselves our, our iman wavering and we find our iman becoming uh, lesser and, and, and becoming weaker then it's important that we reconnect ourselves and reattach ourselves to the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet The more you learn about him, the more you're going to find your fondness growing for him. The more you're going to realize what a great individual he was and how important it is then for you to love him and for you to follow his, his Sunnah. Uh, we can go on to say, we can go on to talk about Sayyidina Abu Bakr. There are many great uh, uh, stories about him. Um, and I, ha I, have, I have them here. Sayyidina Abu Bakr was known 
The first thing was his sensitivity and that's something that we can learn from. The second thing that we can learn from is his unwavering Iman, his unbreakable, unshakable faith. And the last thing that we can learn from him that I'm going to mention today is his, the prophetic love. The love that he had for the Prophet ﷺ, the attachment that he had with the Prophet ﷺ. No other companion had that sort of a love and affection for the Prophet ﷺ. No other attachment. He was that kind of a companion. He would wake up in the middle of the night. And you know when we wake up in the middle of the night and you get that craving or those cravings. Like, oh well, you know, I haven't done this. I didn't, I didn't watch my favorite TV show. Or you wake up in the middle of the night and you're hungry and you, you, you feel like a specific type of food that I want to eat this. And it's a craving that you get. So Abu Bakr would wake up in the middle of the night craving uh, for, the, for a sight of the Prophet He'd wake up and he'd say, where is the Prophet And his wife would say, look, go to sleep. You were the last person to see him after, after Isha and you're going to be the first person to see him in the morning for Fajr go to sleep you'll see him at Fajr and he said no I need to see the Prophet I have to see him and he would just go out at night roaming the streets passing by the, the, uh, the masjid and the hujur of the Prophet hoping to catch a glance of him and at that time the Prophet would come out Abu Bakr would see the Prophet meet him and say you know, all calamities, all tribulations go away at one side of your blessed face, O Messenger of Allah. And then he would be content. His heart would be content. This is that attachment that he had with him. And this is something that we can be inspired by and learn from. You know, it's reported that when the Prophet ﷺ would get ill, Abu Bakr would get ill. It was just like that. When the, when the Prophet ﷺ would, healthy, the, would, would get healthy, the first person he would visit would be Abu Bakr. Because he knew that I was ill. That meant Abu Bakr got ill. And now I have to visit him. And once he sees me healthy again, he's going to be healthy again. This is, you know, this kind of love is, and, and, and attachment, this kind of devotion is, is it's inconceivable that we find that in anybody else except from these companions of the Prophet sallallahu with him. You know, and this is why one of the, the, the poets, they write, regarding Abu Bakr and that, that love he said Marid al-Habib fa'utuhu that uh, the beloved came, became ill I, the Prophet وسلم, so I visited him so I visited him and I became ill I became sick because of his suffering and then my beloved visited me in my sickness when he became healthy again and I became cured after seeing him healthy again. And, and this is who Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq was. So these are three things that we can learn from him. His sensitivity, that we can have for, that care and devotion for one another. Um, his, his love for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We can learn from his unshakable, unwavering Iman in Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala give me and you uh, the tawfiq and the ability to act upon the teachings of the Quran and the blessed sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam.